0: Now, October, I walked outside today, and the tree in front of my building is now half red.
1: And you live in front of a park, so you will see a lot of that. A lot
0: of trees, so, well, not much going on. <laughs> so, we are going to talk about movies. Our guests this week are Mary Beth and Keith Shell, and they own The Edge
1: In Belleville. I have been to the Edge. We'll talk to our guests Keith and Mary from Edge 618 in Belleville in just a second. Then we'll talk about On the Rocks around minute 10, around minute 19, A Call to Spy, around minute 24, The Glorias, around minute 35, Dick Johnson is dead, around minute 44, The Boys in the Band on Netflix, and then we'll discuss civil rights and what's coming up around minute 51.
0: So tell us about your business.
2: Well, first of all, thank you for attending The Edge.
0: It it was a while ago. (laughs) I have been there for um, all of it. The laser tag. I I laser tag. I I went
1: there with the St. Louis Blues event. So we got to do everything.
0: And I have been there for the movies, and I have been there for the movies with the food.
2: Well, we're a very unique property. We have five movie theaters, including with in-seat food and beverage service with motorized recliners.
0: Mm. Very nice.
2: We have the world's largest laser tag operation, which is over 14,000 square feet with multiple levels.
3: During normal times, we could actually place 60 people, but right now we're at 30 because of the COVID restrictions. And they're they're all trying to get away from each other anyway. Exactly, and it's a big 14,000 square foot multi-level arena. It's pretty easy to get lost in there. That's Keith and Mary, the owners of The Edge.
0: Right. Now, you took an old grocery store, if I recall from my childhood, and turned it into this entertainment complex. And then you added the movies, how many years ago?
3: Eight. July
2: of 2012. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, we we started off as a 26,000-square-foot property, old grocery store, and now we're 82,000 square feet. We've done 10 different major expansions we added an uh, indoor electric go-kart track with a 13f foot elevation change indoors which is absolutely a phenomenally fun pl- attraction
0: whoa I gotta tell the kids about that we uh, added
2: bowling we have an event center we have virtual reality attractions right now those are not operating because of the covid restrictions but uh, we have gosh what Probably 150 video arcade pieces. Yeah, it's a, yeah, and then we added a nice thing too. We added an outdoor 3,000 square foot outdoor patio for, uh, which has been a godsend for us with some of the indoor restrictions put on uh, uh, state mandated state mandated indoor dining restrictions. We can now see people outside. Got heaters out there.
1: Now, EDGE actually stands for something. People think that's just a cool name, but EDGE
3: actually means something. And what are the letters? The acronym, it's EATS, DRINKS, GAMES, and ENTERTAINMENT. Smart. Yeah. One of my sisters came up with that.
0: Uh-huh. And uh, before she became this entrepreneur, Mary Beth worked in uh, uh, for Senator Alan Dixon, the legend, for 10 years in Washington, D.C.?
3: Yep. Way different climate back then than you, you, it is now. You could
1: talk to people on the other end of the aisle without trying to get your head bit off?
3: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We'd go on out and had drinks after
1: arguing, you know, <laughs> or debating or discussing. Well, you know I
3: still think that
1: kind of happens, but just not, not in public. Yeah. Before, they could go out to bars.
3: Right. Now they do it in private. Yeah, I doubt that Nancy and Mitch go out together. Well, right? no, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think so. And you owned a place in Belleville, uh, uh, Midtown, uh, D.B. Ve- a Vest- a Vespers.
3: D.S. Right? Vespers. DS Dom and Shell. Yeah. I've been there oh, before. D.S. That's right. And Vespers uh, okay. is what we used to call our happy hour when I worked for Senator Dixon. <laughs>
1: Vespers, because you were praying that it was exactly. over.
3: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you got it.
0: Al, the pal, my mother, a. Adored him because I had an issue in college with my college loan, and she called him up and he got it fixed right away.
3: That's what he was there. He, <laughs> he he was one of those guys. He yeah,
0: always tried to fix English, things. He'd be at English's because I lived uh, near the English's Tavern, which was also a legendary political oh, yeah. um, gathering place, and uh, and he uh, yeah. So you would see him among
3: the people always. Yeah
1: So since you own a movie theater But you're not really doing movies right now Have you been keeping up on what's going on in the movie world?
3: Well we actually opened the theater on August 21st Wow Wow um, we were a week before some of the big names. Uh but one of the movies had come out unhinged. Yeah. You may have heard. So yeah. we thought if they're gonna if this if the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if the studios um you know, we're gonna bring something open, we thought well we'll open our doors since we do have some other things from a labor standpoint it it was not too hard to absorb. Um but as you've seen there's not a whole lot Like we started Hocus Pocus this weekend. Yeah, 1993. I have
0: never seen this movie. Neither have I. Neither have I. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to have a date. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And then you have a big anniversary
0: film this weekend too.
3: Right. We started that last week actually, the 40th anniversary of uh, *Empire Strikes Back*.
0: And seats are only five dollars, right?
3: Yep. We're doing all these throwback movies. We also started the first one and two of the – do you remember the Harry Potter?
2: Yeah, the first two uh, Harry Harry Potter movies. That would
1: be – well, in the United States, it's Sorcerer's Stone Stone. and Chamber of Secrets.
2: Correct. Yeah,
3: that's right.
1: In the UK, it's Philosopher's Stone. But Scholastic didn't think that the American audience would know what a philosopher was, so they went to Sorcerer's Stone.
3: Well, that's so. a bit of trivia. You did not <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Thank you. So you're just—he's oh,
0: a Harry Potter. I expert. like the Potter. Now, because of the new releases being shoved back, and uh, so how are your distributors? Like, do you find out uh, the accessibility of these older movies? Like. Jaws and Jurassic Park did huge this summer at drive ins.
3: Yeah, well, you know, we have a booking agent, and so we're in constant touch with him. And we're also part of NATO, the National Association of Theater Owners. And uh, we have weekly Zoom meetings uh, with everybody all over the country and sometimes international owners. But so, yeah, we're keeping up with things. It's kind of changing so fast every day. You know, they keep on pushing back releases.
2: Well, well it's going kind to. Of, you know what, I, I figure that this gives us an opportunity to show a lot of old, classic, great content. And we're coming up on Halloween, and we, it's fun to ask our staff, what's your favorite? You're
1: asking the millennials, and they're all telling you Hocus Pocus. Right. It, isn't
2: that it, crazy? <laughs> it, it, that was, it was true. That was one of the movies that everybody wanted to see. And, uh. But there's also the some hardcore scares out there oh, that people really? want to see the old Halloween uh, series. So it'll be interesting to see what films that we're going to pick over the next uh, few months. Well,
1: that th- th- that was something that was weird because um, the Skyview in Belleville they're showing Halloween four. Does that mean that one through three were not offered, <laughs> or did they just say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna go with Halloween four?
3: I don't know what their reason. Well, no, is. no, I wasn't yeah. asking
1: for that. But you guys, you guys have a, you guys
2: get a list, <laughs>
3: right? Exactly. Um. So if we want that, we can get it. I mean, we just have to go to the studio. We go to our agent, and then he puts in our request.
2: And generally speaking, di- most of the studios are fairly flexible on offering content, with the exception of Disney. And Disney is yeah, Very you, close. You got,
1: you got Empire Strikes Back, though,
2: right,
3: right? Right. Well, and they opened the vault with uh, Hocus Pocus too. So of course that's a 1993 movie. So
0: right, <laughs> but that's good. Um, they're still planning on Soul, right?
3: For things. Right now, that is the word on the street. Really. Yep. I thought for I
0: sure they would have said stay Disney tuned, Plus,
3: but who knows? Yeah.
0: I would. I really would have liked to have seen Mulan on the big screen. Because I did, uh, you know, I had she early access. She did the access. 30 bucks. No, I didn't. No. I had early access. Yes. So, you know, I got to watch it, but it would have been so good on a bigger screen.
2: And I think that was, you know, I'm going to say, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. I think that say was it. a real disservice on the part of Disney. Because here, the entire industry advertised with previews their content for, for months. months. We bought... Posters advertising their content, and then not to allow us to, to show it. It could have been the movie that revitalized the entire industry, gave us a start again. Well,
3: wasn't that going to be Tenant or Unhinged? Well, Tenant was supposed to be the big tentpole movie that was going to come out in July. And
2: save
1: everybody.
3: And, and unfortunately that studio is not releasing all the numbers yet so because we can get on our box office and see what we all are doing. and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I know what we're doing from our point of sale, but I don't know what the movie's done.
2: And I would say that trying to Warner kick... Warner Brothers. If we're trying to kickstart an industry with a movie like Unhinged, <laughs> our mm-hmm. in trouble especially
3: in this climate it's <laughs> mm-hmm. poor, know, poor russell crow did he I, mean. I know that's <laughs> what when
0: we did the review didn't i say that carl i go i don't think this is the right timing no
1: for this kind of a movie i don't think it would have been a right timing a year ago
3: no i mean it's well it, broken it gallery it. didn't get any buzz and it was so good it, it was, was it
0: was very charming and delightful I wish you could get On uh, the Rocks because we're going to talk about that movie. Do you want to talk about that now, Carl? Let's
1: talk about On the Rocks, which is in theaters currently and then on Apple Plus in three weeks.
0: Right, October 23rd. It's the Bill Murray. Oh, um, yes. Rashida Jones movie. And it, no, I,
1: it, it's the Sophia Coppola.
0: Yeah. Written well, and directed. Written and directed. I don't know what it is about her relationship with Bill Murray, but she just writes these great characters for him. And he is just on the verge because now that he's aged, he still has that mischievous quality. Oh, and, he's mischievous. All right. And he looks <laughs> like he's on the verge of just breaking out and and you like it but
1: he is he plays her wealthy playboy dad who has uh not married to the mom anymore and you find out why yeah and he's
0: just one of these guys but Boy, he's well-connected in New York. And it's, you know, pre-COVID New York, so it's really yeah, neat. But,
1: but you know what? It was kind of—that part of New York was kind of sparse. I I was expecting a lot more people in yeah, the scenes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I kept trying to figure out where
1: it was. So— um, I think it's just Manhattan. Right, right, Manhattan. So It's, it's not like Upper East Side or Upper—it's just man, generic Manhattan.
0: So Rashida Jones plays this— frazzled wife and mother. She's and a writer. She's a writer, but she really has a writer's block. And uh, she has two young children, and she feels kind of schlubby. And her husband, uh, Dean, is played by Marlon Wayans. One of the Wayans brothers. And he... He's really good. He is very good. And I got to interview him one time, and he was very charming and delightful. So uh, you could see the chemistry between them. So he's uh, on the fast track in his company. He's very he, ambitious. He started
1: a brand-new company... And it's going places. And
0: he's traveling all the time. So here she is at home with the girls, and she just feels kind of and then, uh, uh, she thinks he might be no having
1: no, a- no, 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 no. she he has an assistant, a very attractive young assistant named Fiona. Yeah, very Who's British. Uh, played by Jessica Henwick. Right, she's
0: tall and gorgeous, and and uh, Rashida Jones goes to an office party, and they're there. She has know.
1: nothing. She has nothing in common. See, she's a writer, and these are all business people. She has nothing in common with any of these people, and so she actually gets shunned off to a wives' table. And boyfriend's table and it does not go well for her. No. Because they're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
0: then uh, she is unpacking his luggage and she finds this toiletry bag that's a woman's.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So With, she
1: That that has body oil and so <laughs> Well
3: then <laughs> Yeah. So so and, like one we should get to. Later. Yeah, so
1: she's starting to you know things that,
0: and she shares that with her father, and he becomes very fatherly.
1: He's an art dealer, and so he's got a lot of disposable income.
0: <laughs> he's it's it's kind of fun to see him just like money's no object, and he has these wonderful cars. And so and, he
1: has Marlon Wayans tailed and PI after him, and he
0: just they are kind of like amateur sleuths. Like, you they know, go on Nancy a caper. Nancy Drew and her... Steak out. And her friend Ned, you know? And so they're running around town, and she thinks, you know, she's trying to pull back, and then she thinks... So she's rolling her eyes at Bill Murray all the time. And then Bill Murray is allowed to sing in this movie.
1: Because yeah, they go to a karaoke bar.
0: And... Uh, the If you watch the credits. Well, they go, they
1: go to a karaoke. He just sings twice because then yeah, when they go to the Mexico. About, he
0: sings the song about her, her being named Laura. Mm-hmm. And so her name is Laura and he sings the song. But if you read the credits, his music parts were arranged by Paul Schaefer. Yes. Oh, Wow.
1: They're old buddies they're from, curious, uh, from Saturday Night Live, Live games.
0: Yeah. So if you remember him singing on SNL, this is just like the lounge singer guy. <laughs> but the, but Sofia Coppola knows how to rein him in. But Rashida Jones goes toe-to-toe with him because he, he wasn't always she, there
1: yeah. as a good dad. And so he, since he's a cheater, he believes that all men are cheaters. And so it's just a matter of time. And But and, he, but, <laughs> and saying – any more would go too far. The movies only an hour and a half, right?
0: And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it. But what uh, what is great is Sophia Coppola writes really strong women characters, like but Jenny she, Slate. And, and Jenny Slate shows up as this very needy when she picks, school mom.
1: When she whenever she's in line to pick up her kids at school. Uh, Jenny Slate is talking her ear off,
0: nonstop about men, her, the men in her life. And then
1: I found out he was cheating on me. But then, I, but he and wasn't really cheating; it was, it was really his sister. Blah, blah, blah. And then she just keeps going and going. And every time she's on screen, she's just yapping and yapping and yapping. And then, and no, how no she, clue, no how she no gets out of it. It's, Rashida Jones is like, "I have to go," and then she just leaves. <laughs> and this happens several times during the movies, but. If that if they would have done it like one more time, it would have been okay. Too much, but it's just enough to be funny
0: and show that this mom, you know, here she is in the school line from
1: hell, has no one with to talk Jenny to. Jenny
0: Slate just yep 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 yep,
1: and then uh, and then her mother and her grandmother. There's a ladies' coffee clatch, and her grandmother is Barbara Bain from Mission Impossible. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, that. that's random. I know. <laughs>
0: I know how about that
1: so, I'm like I know who that woman oh my gosh it's Barbara Bain because she looks the same Bill wow. Murray as
0: a bon vivant he is a dime store psychologist too and he spouts all this relationship advice to her the whole time they're going around and, and he they're hits, drinking he hits Marcy. on
1: every woman that he sees but he, he actually is really good at
0: it yeah and, and he's he's really he's so well connected and he's just he's driving around town and it's just it's just kind of fun it's a fun adventure and they're going to all these cool places because there's this running theme about her birthday and he takes her to 21 and uh they're just having cocktails a lot and talking
1: that he just wants to spend time with her i don't think he well i i he believes that marlon wayans is cheating on her that i'm sorry that felix no felix is the dad that dean is cheating on her but he just wants to spend time with his little girl, I think.
0: Yeah, and it's just it's kind of sweet. It's sweet, and and then you wonder Sophia Coppola in her real life. But it's good about it's just a good observations about relationships, mothers, daughters, fathers, daughters, sisters, moms and kids at home, and dads with their little kids, and it's just it's so just like it's, kind of
3: a good uh, yeah, one it, to have right now.
0: It's
1: lightweight. It's really lightweight.
0: Well,
3: and. Uh,
2: but it it's smart. pretty, well, yeah, it's smart, smart,
1: but it's also if if Dean is doing all this cheating on Laura, it's it's not good, but it's uh, it, it comes to a head. And there are things that are far fetched in it as well, because the last third of the movie is really out there. Yeah. It, I, yeah. But it, it's still it still pays off.
0: I enjoyed it in the soundtrack. She always has good soundtracks. I enjoy
1: Sofia Coppola's work.
3: I like some of their wine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Neobomb Coppola, uh, I believe their wine—not this fire, but the last fire, their a lot of their vineyard burned yeah. down. So, oh. but yeah, he does.
0: He has a good. Uh, he has a good uh, red blend. I'm Neobomb Coppola,
1: I like. I we have lots of bottles. Actually, I think we only have two more of their cab. It's in it's in a black bottle with yellow with yellow uh, trim around it and oh love it so good. One of my fellow critics said
0: that uh, she and her husband actually stayed at his vineyard. Yeah. Um, you can buy, I mean, it wasn't like free or anything. it was like you can when get you, one of the guests houses there and you stay there. Yeah, yeah like a B and B. My wife did that's that.
3: Awesome.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. She loves she loves the Neobomb Copla winery all right so that is going to be on apple plus in a couple weeks it is currently in theaters right uh let's talk about a movie that is currently i don't know why they're doing this but it's on video on demand but it's also in theaters this is a british movie called a call to spy and lynn's like what what is about this movie and i said oh it's the british version of hidden figures but it's based on it's inspired by true stories. It's it's about spies it, in World War Two. Okay, so in
0: 1941, Winston Churchill decided that. Uh, a- England needed a spy agency so he created one and they decided that women would be inconspicuous so they have about 30 30- they can
1: they could blend in with the Germans and the French so they have about
0: 36 women but they highlight 3 in this film one of them is a journalist who has a disability Virginia Hall
1: it's she's played by Sarah Megan Thomas who produced wrote and stars in the movie right
0: she's very good i never heard of her before she's
1: known it she's she wrote the
0: she wrote that part for herself right wow. and it's it's directed by a woman lydia oh God,
1: lydia uh, dean pritcher
0: yeah see because i don't have my phone i don't have my notes um, i'm sorry
1: pilcher not, and not pritcher and pilcher. she
0: did that film a couple years ago uh that now it just went up my went up my uh and, but it's very—it's what is what I like about this movie. It's just very sturdy. She did Jesus's son. She—it's like these. Oh no! Women. Wait, hold on.
1: She's a big producer. She produces Wes Anderson, and she produces. Oh. She has done stuff for Disney stuff with Oprah. Uh, she did the Reluctant Fundamentalist. That was from uh, IFC. It's you know this is kind of movie you could watch with your mom, and your mom would really enjoy
0: it. And it's yeah. it's very pleasant. What I liked about it is these are ordinary women, and they are called. To rise to the occasion and they're brave. Somebody calls them nobodies, but they're really somebody. But they're just brave women who just rise to the challenge. It isn't one big event like there's not like D Day or anything well, like no, that. Well, no, they,
1: they it's just D Days. D Days mentioned. They they don't really give a lot of time on this because when I see World War II movies, I always go, all right, what year then? How when when someone dies, like, how close were they to being finished? And like one of the spies gets killed right before they liberate the, uh, the concentration champ that she's been captured in doing. and doing. And I'm not spoiling anything because, you know, it was 75 years ago. Uh, the main star of this is uh, Stana Katic from Castle. She was with Nathan Fillion on the ABC. She's probably the biggest name in this movie. Yeah. And then the other girl is Radhika opta Apte. 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 she yeah. she plays this is this is the reason why I called it the hidden figures because we we didn't know that the first Muslim spy and first um, Muslim to get a a and she's she's Indian Muslim she was the first one to get Britain's highest honor i I'd never heard of any she, of that she's
0: really good at radio transmissions. And so
1: she's that person,
0: but I thought, and it was she's just, a real person. I thought it was just a very enjoyable story. You know, it's not going to, it's not going to win awards, but it's just pleasant to watch. In it's terms very
1: of, period British.
0: Yeah, there's we've had a lot of World War II movies lately. We sure have, <laughs> and uh, it's just there's this bottomless pit of you know there's always new. But see,
1: stories. this is this is some this is a story that. Uh, needed to be told about yeah. these women. We didn't know this but I, would we have known it more if we were British? I doubt it I'd, I'd say that's why I called it the British hidden figures because this is probably a story that British people don't know at all. And then that you find out you find out that these are the precursors to mi5 and mi6 and then you you see the when they finally talk to the Americans, the precursor to the CIA and the OSS. And it's it's very interesting to see where they go. And there's a whole bunch of r- racial and religious barriers b- besides the fact that they were women, that they had all the and it's nineteen forties. So first of all, they're women. Second of all, one of them's Jewish. Uh, third of all, one of them's Muslim, one of and one of them's a foreigner. Well actually a lot of them are foreign. It's just yeah. None of the – that's interesting. None of the three women that were serving their country, their adopted country, were actually British.
3: That's
0: interesting. Yeah. So we have a lot of fierce women this week because we had – we just talked about On the Rocks, and then we talked about uh, Called a Spy, and then now we have The Glorious, which we previewed. We we
1: previewed last week and – Oh, we're it,
0: not as enamored as everybody else is about this. No, because I, have I have not read, heard
1: that it's enamored. I've only heard three people say that they liked it. Really?
0: I have been reading about how wonderful it is, and I'm like, we have issues. Carl and I previewed it last week. It is two hours and 27 minutes. Mm-hmm. So and the first
1: and I the first knows. 20 minutes are garbage.
0: It's a metaphor. Okay, so Julie Tamer directed it, who directed The Lion King on Broadway, and she is a visionary. I saw her Spider-Man, and I liked it when it, Got trashed on Broadway, but it No, it, it didn't
1: get trashed on Broadway. That show was cursed. The U two music was great. People it was. people loved it and people liked it. Those who saw it really enjoyed it. The production was cursed. Someone must have said Macbeth backstage because it did not last and it did not work. And I think it I think there might be a revival of it one day because now so many things have changed. Well, if Broadway ever opens up,
0: right? But, yeah. but it was like it was like Marvel meets uh, Cirque du Soleil,
1: and that that works. That and that it, would it
0: work. Was, it was very stunning visually. Yeah. You could see you could see how creative she is.
1: Mm-hmm. And Sarah Rule wrote this with uh, with Julie Taymor, and they decided to do a non linear story until it becomes linear, like the first half until they meet, like. No, until the David Susskind interview, then it's nonlinear, and then it is just nothing but linear. You have five women playing the Gloria Steinem role. You have um, Julianne Moore, who looks exactly like uh, Gloria Steinem. You have Alicia Vikander, who sounds exactly like Gloria uh, Gloria Steinem. You have Lulu Wilson from the Annabelle Creation movie who plays a teen Gloria Steinem and has the best scene in the entire film. And then you have Ryan Keir Armstrong, her as a child. And then you have Timothy Hutton as her father.
0: Who's an itinerant salesman, and he's a dreamer. And then her mother's clinically depressed, and they divorced in 44. But you don't really get that in the movie. you're
1: you're adding details to the movie that are not there. You never know what year it is.
0: Yeah, you don't know. You just know that the parents uh, are— Well, you can tell from the the periods. Yes, it's very much metaphor about cars, trains, uh, buses, a lot of Greyhound bus. Uh, what happens is it's from her memoir, My, My Life, Life on, on the, the road. road. So they take that metaphor. And then it's about all her meeting these famous women. Uh, Lorraine Toussaint is civil rights attorney. Flo Kennedy. Janelle Monet is...
1: Dorothy Pittman Hughes. And, and But then again, she disappears. All of a sudden, Janelle Monae is in the movie. She's a big part of the movie. And then... Did, did did something happen to them because she's not in the movie anymore and you don't know why?
0: And I think she wanted to uh, get off the road because she had so she had children. But then uh, Be- uh, Bette Midler's Bella Abzug. Which oh is- wait a minute,
1: wow. hold on! I forgot to say I only mentioned four of the Glorias. Gloria Steinem is the fifth woman. Yes,
0: she's in it. They yeah. show her at that. They they oh, wow. end at the women's march day after Trump was inaugurated. And she's one of the speakers. So, so they show that.
1: Yes, Bette Midler doesn't show up till she's above the hev- she's above the title of the movie on the posters, shows up halfway through the film. Which is interesting because it's nonlinear. So why wouldn't you have one of your bigger stars show up? If it's a nonlinear movie, you can have her anywhere you want. Why wait till halfway through the movie's over?
0: And they're at the National Women's Caucus in 1977, but they don't really talk. They move around like uh, the big significant moments in her life. She wrote the Playboy Bunny article. She went undercover in 1963, and then Ms. Magazine's founded in 1971. But you get all this other stuff. In between from her childhood, and and, and then when the it's trip a to India fantasy scene, it's usually in black and white. The the is all talk to each other. Yeah, oh, that's
3: pretty.
0: And then there's
1: this, but they're all on the bus.
0: There's this fantasy scene with an interviewer.
1: Is it David Susskind?
0: I don't think it was him. I think it was it was somebody because they keep they keep they kept mentioning
1: it that he trashes women all the time and so
0: I know, but I think that was a different part. But maybe I'm confused. It was like Wizard of Oz. The movies, like, cons- oh. yeah. Oh. So she adds these, but she's a witch, elements. and
1: because he says he says something. Well, you're a sexual object because you're a woman, and then. Here's what I should have said, and then it's a whole sequence, and it goes crazy. And then from that point on, Julianne Moore is the glorious Steinem for the rest of the film.
0: Right. Alicia Vikander, I thought, was very good, especially because they show the scenes of discrimination and harassment in the
1: newsroom. When she's a reporter. You like and... the newsroom scenes. Well, because yeah. you because you're a reporter.
0: <laughs> right. And it showed, like, these guys are just asses. On... They go, Gloria, you're new, right? Um hey, the coffee's out. You know, that kind of stuff. Just
1: And they didn't the they BS. don't give her a desk. You can use a you can use Stevenson's desk. He's a, he's on assignment. So
0: yeah, and then and then uh one editor's like, uh, "Hey Gloria, can you take the mail and uh meet me in room so and so of this At the hotel? hotel?" And, and, then and then she, she just leaves the mail on and, quits. and walks out, you know, kind of stuff. And then that that jerk in the cab Somebody's Gay Talese, who's a famous author, you know, Mm -hmm. but they don't ever say who Gay Talese is. But see,
1: that's also a weird thing. You're expected to—you live live through these times, so you know who these people are. You knew—well, Dorothy Pittman-Hughes but they don't really say who these yeah. people are. And so
0: they don't have any kind of under like, you like know.
1: Wilma, Wilma man I'm sure that's a great story, but you do, the only reason you know that is because she's standing in front of a giant sign that says man killer. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't know anything. I, I didn't know anything about the uh, New York's political scene in 1960s. So I wouldn't know who Bella Abzurg was. And you're just expected to know these things. It's, it's like a history test that you're being, you're you're taking.
0: Right, and Bett Miller talks about Betty Friedan is on the outs with Gloria Steinem. Not son, in the movie. But not in the movie, and and they don't show that. But she brings it up, and they talk about it, and I'm like, Milla? Betty Friedan
1: hates you, Whoa. you know. And they Whoa. do
0: show Phyllis Schlafly's given some quotes,
1: and they do but some they... weird. They try to make it seem the people that they have in the movie, if they're on TV, they. Put them in a TV screen that they're all watching, and if they're not in the movie, like Harry Reasoner, who has passed away, they show actual footage of that. So they try to have it both ways, which I think is kind, which fails the film.
0: Right. Well, the labor movement, when that lady's standing there in and they're handing out flyers, and she she says Caesar and I, that is. So you're supposed to know that that's Caesar, Caesar Chavez. Chavez. And but then but, if you didn't grow up, then like I just knew that like when I was like, oh, that's the
1: farm workers. Yes, you
0: know that's the migrant workers, and uh, that. But I wouldn't have known who she was standing there when she's handing out flyers, talking to she's, Gloria.
1: She's a very important part. Well, tell us who she is then, or put you know, there's a whole bunch of fantasy uh, sequences. A lower third would be nice, <laughs> just to let everybody know who these people were, because you know they do that at the end of the film they don't they don't give us the year and i wanted the to say something positive about the film the tap dancing scene in the black barber shop is very well shot it is it's very broadway but it's very and it ends on a weird note that is perfect for the film but it is probably the best scene in the movie because it is shot so well because who she is she's capable of doing a straight-up biopic she did Frida which is a straight-up biopic that doesn't have any of that stuff I wish it was I wish it was more like Frida and less like Lion King I know I just wish it would have been executed better because the
0: contents
1: really at this particularly this time in history well I was talk- she- I was talking to Max this movie if you are just looking for a biopic about her life And if you're on the other side of the aisle and don't care for Gloria Steinem, I think you will be happy until the last 15 minutes of the movie because then, just like Gloria Steinem, it turns political. And so I think they missed an opportunity to make her more sympathetic for people that wouldn't like her just to show that she's still doing the fight and going to and having the film end going to the women's march will turn some people off, I think. Yeah. I can see that
0: it's on Amazon Prime. So if you yeah, have Amazon, Amazon Prime, Prime, you can watch it. They did open it in theaters for a week to get. Which they, they don't
1: need Oscar consideration. They don't, I know,
0: but they, I guess, they wanted to get people.
1: Now, would that be, would something that polarizing be showing? Would you choose that to be at the edge? Beth? Well, you know, Never.
3: I saw a trailer, and I, I, it interests me. I'm not sure it would. Uh, we only have five screens, so right. I'm not sure. It wouldn't. Would, right, would, uh, right. You know, when you have five screens, you have to pick Sometimes You
1: have to be very judicial about it. Exactly. And and I understand exactly what you're saying. So, Lynn, I watched Dick Johnson is Dead today. Oh, good. I'm
0: glad because that this is a documentary that I guarantee you you've never
1: seen anything like it. <laughs> I I actually wish they would have killed Dick Johnson a lot more, but they didn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This guy is great. This guy is great. His name's
1: Richard Johnson.
0: Richard Johnson. He is a retired psychiatrist. He uh, is the subject of his daughter's film. His daughter is... Kirsten Johnson
1: Kirsten Johnson not not to be confused with Kristen Johnson from Third Rock from the Sun and Mom this is Kirsten Johnson because I, I saw I said oh it's Kirsten, Kristen Johnson no it's Kirsten Johnson and she has a very interesting life too she right. actually did she actually did a, a movie called Camera Person Camera Person very
0: well received she uh, had this film at Sundance and it won a special grand jury prize for innovation in non-fiction storytelling Yes. So uh, her dad is declining in terms of uh, he's showing signs of dementia.
1: Her mother already died in two thousand seven from Alzheimer's. So so, so they've already lived through right. this.
0: So it's it's really about coming to terms with your mortality and your parents' mortality, and she decides that her she's going to move her dad from Seattle. To New York, where she lives with her children, and the dads live next yeah, door. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> she
1: has she she met this gay couple at a party, and they hit it off, and they decided to co-parent. So she had their baby, and they live next door to each other, and they co-parent the kids, which is that's an interesting story yeah. on its own, right? And so, but she's um, she since she's a filmmaker. Sorry, Lynn. No, go ahead. She since she's a filmmaker. She realized she doesn't have enough video of her mom. And when her mom passed, she realized there's not – I can't do this. I can't let this happen again with my father. So I'm going to make a movie about my dad and his battle with dementia. He is a great guy. I mean he is like
0: such a good grandpa and good dad and uh, everybody loves him. But His, old, is-
1: his former patients, his friends – and they're also Seventh Day Adventists. So that actually plays into the movie a lot. And he also has a disability. He his feet are messed up.
0: Yeah, he was always embarrassed by his one foot. And so Yeah, it's, that it's, that's it's, very and interesting. And then they show it. It's kinda of...
1: But his he's
0: led a very interesting life. And what I liked about it is when they're packing him up. He's got a beautiful home in Seattle. And, you know, he's gotta go through things. And then He's in a psychiatrist's office closing that out and he's going through things and it's just about you know you co- you're coming to terms with your life and how old you are and uh, but this is the uh, gimmick of the film she's decided to make light of death in terms of uh, having some fun with it and so huh. she stages yeah. all these, death scenes with her dad
1: there aren't that many of them i thought there would be a lot more there's there's less than a half dozen so so well the first one the when the first one happens you have no idea what's happening and then all of a sudden i was going to say hit like a ton of bricks on you, but, yeah. but that's all. But, that's almost what happens. But well, they show a picture.
0: They show that in the trailer. Um, he's walking uh, on the sidewalk, and the air conditioner City. unit comes down and smacks him when he's on the ground. But they did use stunt doubles.
1: Yes, and then. But uh, I really wish. I thought they were going to kill him a lot more. I thought there'd be one, at least one. It's only an hour and a half movie. I thought they'd kill him at least six times, but they don't.
0: They stage his own funeral. Well,
1: three years before he died, he she got all of his friends and relatives together to have a funeral. It was kind of like the Mark Twain, Huckleberry Finn thing. He was at his own funeral. And so, uh, and they all speak. And one of his friends uh, doesn't handle being at his friend's funeral very well. And they, they just, he gives a very powerful eulogy and he can barely make it through it. And it's, uh, it's, it's very sad. It is, and
0: he's watching it, and then he walks in at the end, and then people are hugging him and everything, you know, and that. But it's it's interesting interviews, like uh, Kirsten Johnson's interview. She she has obviously being a filmmaker, she knows how to put together a film, and it's very moving. Mm-hmm. I think it's particularly moving, and um,
1: it's, it's on ha- Netflix right now.
0: You will laugh and you'll cry now because I've had recent deaths in my family. I was worried about watching it mm-hmm. because I thought emotionally but you do have to detach yourself a little bit cuz else you'd be crying through the whole movie. But it got it's got uh, it was well received and it's very innovative in terms of they have these fantasy dance sequences. I enjoyed those. That,
1: yeah, because it dealing with the Seventh Day Adventist of uh, what they believe heaven is going to be she says, well, here's what I think Heaven's going to be. And the two contrast each other very well and very nicely. And she talks to him because sometimes he's not lucid what he thinks Heaven's going to be. And in that one of the non-lucid moments, they stage it. And it's very—and then he's, he's also lucid at other times, and he's very insightful, and he knows what's going on. But though, as the film progresses, those moments are fewer and far between.
0: There, it's it's very interesting about uh, families and uh, makes a lot of good points about, uh, you know, your, your family unit and what that is. Her um, mom, they reveal this tragedy about her mom. Her mm-hmm. mom graduated from college and her mother was in the passenger.
1: Yeah, after graduation.
0: After graduation. And drunk driver. Gets hit by a drunk driver and her mother dies in the passenger seat next to her
1: and so oh. she has to um, i this i think this was Kirsten saying i would i would imagine that she would have been knocked out but she's saying i just imagine my mom looking over and her mother her dead mother is there I, I i don't know but that is that is something that leads into more things in this this movie because So many things are taken for granted and so many things are unknown. And so they make a lot of creative choices in the movie about death and life.
0: Yeah. Her mom was in a nursing home, but she didn't really know. I mean, you know, just stuff like that. And if you, you know, you reach a certain age and you've gone through that. Like my grandmother had Alzheimer's. She was in a nursing home. Didn't know who I was, that kind of thing. You know, you just gotta go. This is all part of, you know, well, the circle of life. There's exactly. Term, my, my grandmother you know.
1: lived to be a hundred, and she was in a nursing home. And we wanted to have pictures for in the newspaper and the Italian newspaper for when she was one hundred. So we go to there and we staged a party for her, and just and we said. Marguerite, these are just we its not your birthday yet. Your birthday's not until October, but we want—if—if if they're going to be in the newspaper, we have to do this in September. And so then for like two weeks, she's like, "My, I guess it's October because we already had my birthday." No, no, honey, we just—we confused her by. And then when the October paper came out, there her picture was, and it said 100, and it was great, and it was wonderful. And then she had—she actually had a bigger party. But by then she had already forgotten that we'd already done this stuff. But when did you do that? Oh, honey, it's okay. You
0: know, you come to terms with that. If anybody with aging parents has gone through. Oh, yeah, she lived to be you 100 know, you, years you old. See, you see all that. So it reminds you of the universal thing. Nobody gets out of here alive, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then another thing, Americans, we don't talk really about death. No. We don't. It's just one of those things. So this kind of brings it front and center. One of the funny things is, though, because they were raised um, Seventh-day Adventist, He was a renegade and he took the kids to see
1: young Frankenstein. (laughs) No, no drinking, (laughs) no smoking, no movies. No, they could they dance?
0: No dancing, no No dancing. That's why I think they show them dancing.
1: Well, they and no movies, but uh, dad took her and her brother to go see young Frankenstein when she was 11. (laughs) He's just a great
0: guy. I mean, you just would, you know, he would, you would love this guy to be like your, your grandpa, your uncle, your dad. You know what I'm saying? It just is. Yeah, he's very relatable, and uh, it's just it's so different. When I was watching, I watched uh, Netflix gave us an early view on Saturday, and then we got to watch Q and A with the filmmakers and Mike Mills from REM Mm -hmm. was the Moderator, which
1: I don't know why. They're friends. Okay. They're friends. There's you no REM M- music in this. I know, but there is and, a song that he wrote, which is weird.
0: Yeah, and they talk about how he said he would have cried through the whole thing if he could have let it. He said, "I'm sure all these people afterwards are sitting there crying." And I. Uh, but he yeah. does.
1: He does have emotional moments, and he doesn't know why he's crying. He knows he's sad, but he doesn't know why because. His brain is processing that something is wrong, and he knows that he should be sad and he is, but he his brain also can't process the reasons he's sad.
0: One of the things that was very relatable and also I think you take away is he says he doesn't want to offend people by not knowing who they are
1: right oh. he's right all right let's okay let's let's regroup and talk about another movie on Netflix that I don't know why they made it. The Boys in the Band is a classic groundbreaking film. And then a couple years ago, they did it on Broadway because as Lynn said, I'm, I'm saying what you said, Lynn, all the famous gays wanted to do it. And so now they film. Now, is this just the stage play or is this just a remake of the movie or is it both?
0: They open it up. You know, like they're showing, they're showing walking down streets of New York, and uh, that I will say Jim Parsons is very good. Um, it's Andrew Rannells. Um, oh, the Jesus guy that was at the Muni in Aladdin, Robin de
1: Jesus. Okay.
0: Some of the, them were Tony nominated. Matt Bomer. Um, I
1: can't, Zachary Quinto. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. Anyway, it's because I you was, don't have your you don't have your notes.
0: I know. I was disappointed. I've tried to watch. Um, I I haven't been through the, the whole. The movie's thing. fifty
1: years old, and it was groundbreaking at the time because you know. And I applaud. Yeah, and it, that. W- it started. It started off as a play. It started off as an off-Broadway play that they made into a movie, that they made into a play, that they made into a movie.
0: <laughs> well, it's an insight into uh, gay life. Of nights and that was when people were closeted, and other, you know, people in the Midwest like us, we didn't know too much, and so it was more illuminating. But you did say it's 50 years, and love, valor, compassion—that Terrence McNally did. That, to me, is is really moving because it touches on the AIDS crisis and then, of course, the normal yeah, heart. In
1: 1970, the AIDS crisis wasn't a thing. These guys right. were just— So this is just
0: a social thing, but it does have deeper— as you get into uh, the film, it does have deeper relationship issues.
1: Yeah, you didn't mention Charlie Carver or Brian Hutchinson. No. Uh, and uh, Robin DeJesus. Well, yeah, I did. I know, I know did, you did, but him. I wanted to yeah. make sure. You
0: and this is it. when people were hiding, like uh, Jim In Parsons' character, his college roommate. He hid it from him, and everybody's like, "Really?" And uh, he said, "Yeah." And so the college roommate comes for a visit. Ah,
1: yeah. I have a friend like that. I have a friend. Mm, how can I tell the story nicely? Um, a friend of mine works for. The Walt Disney Company. And a friend of a mutual friend of ours said, Hey, I'm going to be down in Orlando. Uh, I'm going to be coming down with a bunch of friends of mine. And it was the first week in June. And he didn't know, he didn't put the connection together until they all got out of the car <laughs> and they were all wearing red shirts because that's red shirt weekend at Disney. If you don't know what that means, that's the unofficial gay holiday at Disney. And so <laughs> he comes up. To my friend says, I have something to tell you. And he said, I've already figured it out. Have a good time. <laughs> so a lot of people don't uh, share until later in life.
0: I had a really good friend in college who I—I I mean, you know, it's like don't ask, don't tell. Like people have said to me, "Oh, you gotta know he's gay," and I go, "Well, he's never said anything, so I'm just gonna act like you whatever. never know who's gay." Whatever, because you know, I mean, be and when <sighs> it, when you're involved in as much theater as I am, who cares?
1: Well, that's what that's what that's, my Disney friend says. I'm the only non-gay guy here.
0: <laughs> who cares, you know? And so. So uh, this one friend of mine from college, we're walking into this restaurant in Chicago and he goes, it was a revolving door and he goes, I'm gay and I go, oh, that's okay. And then I walked right in. I mean, that was my response. Like, that's okay. And then it was like, wait a minute, you know, and then we walk in the restaurant and then we have lunch and nobody says anything ever again. And then, (laughs) then, although it was really weird when he was engaged, I'm going on, that I toasted the bride and groom or the future bride and groom for being engaged and his fiance ran into a bathroom. So (laughs) I should have had a notice like that. But there was another friend of mine who I always call the will to my grace, and ah. he, he was very closeted, and he got fired for being gay, and he didn't want anybody to know he was gay, so I never said anything to anybody, and then now he's all about, like, totally free talking about it, and he got married, and I, I gave him a, a, a groom shower. And I said, "You're going to go through everything the women do." I hey. go, "You're going to have the bows. You're going to have these things." We did all those shower games that you know. I I put them through all uh, that, but uh, no, it's just it's just you know people have the right time. You shouldn't force people from coming out. But I'm just saying, it's a different world but now. The,
1: but but all right. So the in in 2018 they did the 50th anniversary of the 1968 play. And so that was for the 50th anniversary. And it
0: won the Tony Award for rev- best revival of a play.
1: And then in 2020, the 50th anniversary of the movie, this is now the 50th anniversary with the exact same cast from the play. Is the movie better than the 1970 movie?
0: Well, its production values are better and I think they uh, I think on overall quality the the performers are better. Okay. Jim Parsons is really good, and then I just love Andrew Reynolds. So, you know, but I I just think, uh, the the early version was groundbreaking and daring and deservedly so. And the movie this, was directed
1: by uh, uh, William Friedkin,
0: right? So it was an important moment in uh, history, you know, in gay history. But now it's like
1: it's it's just like. And it's on Netflix.
0: You know, I mean, how many things? I mean, we've had how many years of Will and Grace, and we've had how many years of uh, people, uh, you know, marriage equality, and and people.
1: Modern Family.
0: And yeah, Modern Family and all that, and and so it's not it's not the. So, I th- so yeah. think
2: it's interesting. We've talked about Gloria Steinem, and we talked about how much that's changed for the gay community. So you just think about how in a very short period of time, how much our country has actually changed. And a lot of young people today, I really don't think they have don't a real appreciation, like a, like a lot of the women struggles. have appreciation of the struggles that women went through. And that's why maybe sometimes these pieces are important is a reminder of what, how, how in such a short time, how quickly things have changed. And also how maybe we don't appreciate the value of that as much. Because it's important. Think about where we are today politically, right? I mean, and all the stuff that's going on right now. And people are taking those rights and those things that we take for granted. We are taking them for granted. That's a good point. That is a good point. Because, uh, I don't know, what
0: when do you, when do you think exactly, like, that more uh, accepting of gays? Like, when my kids were in high school in the... Um, late 1990s and the early 2000s having gay classmates was just a given it was just normal it was just not a thing
1: yeah well wasn't will and grace already a thing
3: yeah i guess yeah you're right did that start in the 90s yeah yeah well uh, that,
0: that that changed a lot of people's minds but you know what i'm saying like it's, it's, it's and just, then and then marriage equality happened and and uh, how many people have relatives in their families? It's just, but I'm trying to think, when was it? When yeah, was the 1990,
2: 1998. Okay. So, late 90s. Yeah, when, the when, turning point. When did Ellen make her announcement? Oh, that was a big Oh, yeah, moment. that was the big moment. On her, on but her then show. She
0: couldn't get a job after that. But now, I mean, you know, people used to have to hide so much, which is shown in Milk, the movie Milk. You right. Know, people have to hide. Great movie. Oh, I know. So good. so
1: that was that was 90s also
0: yeah so um, well I think the birdcage Nathan Lane and Robin Robin Williams Williams. oh my god I could just watch that all the time pick me up because they're just so funny but you know what I'm saying it was like just it was so taboo and then women the movement from the 70s when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, they showed, you know, like they they talked about the cases that she had, the gender equality cases before the Supreme Court. But I remember watching this, the CNN series about the 70s. And I I recommend those CNN series about, you know, like the 60s, the 70s, 80s, 90s. They're so great. Well, they had one about the women's movement. And they brought up and this is stuck with me because I didn't remember because I lived at the time that it before 1974 women could not get a bank loan or
1: a credit card
0: without their dad or husband signing it. Because I remember after high school when kids go, you know, girls went into the working force and they wanted to buy their own car, they couldn't. Their dad had a sign for their car.
3: Isn't that crazy? Yes. You know, I l- lived in D.C. and uh, well, you know, Sherry Finch. Uh, we were roommates and we were looking, went, got a new place, and uh, the guy wanted to know if we were going to have a man on our lease with us. And we said, This is like in the 80s. And mm-hmm. I never had experienced that. We're like, no. And he didn't want to rent to us because we were two women in our 20s. And uh, we ended up write, getting a letter written on legal letterhead from somebody who we knew was an attorney. T- and we ended up turning him down, but he was completely breaking the law at the time. Ooh. Crazy. Wow, and this was in nineteen eighties.
0: Oh yeah, and there there's so many occasions for that, but yeah, so it's good to see what Gloria Steinem had to had to go through, and what people we stand on the shoulders of giants. And I agree with you that young people don't know when I when I well, they, when, good.
1: <laughs> it's good that they don't know. No, well, no, women. It's, it's yeah. good that they don't. That's it's good that they don't have those issues today, but they should know that it used to because you know you tell a kid today and said you realize uh for a long time blacks and whites couldn't eat at the same lunch counter and they would they just look at you like what what was wrong with you people right
0: i know i don't Uh, because i i'm uh, slightly older than so i don't remember segregated water fountains or anything like that and so uh but you know i grew up in the 60s so when the civil rights stuff was going on and then i found out that they had separate dining and living and, and, and water. I was like, what, (laughs) what, what is this about? And that was just right after it happened, you know? And so I, so nowadays to remind people that John, that John Lewis documentary was shown on CNN last weekend, good trouble. And it's really good to remember sitting at lunch counters at at, Walgreens, at Woolworths. Bulworth, you know people the downtown. The people got like, uh, you know, just really unbelievable. Your daughter Carl has a sixteen-year-old daughter,
1: almost seven. seventeen.
0: Yeah, sixteen, going on seventeen, and um, she has the world in her oyster.
1: Yay!
3: That's awesome. Oh yeah, I think she, I think the one thing I I think it's great that they don't know it either because that means we've progressed. At least but sometimes a bit. I'm a little miffed when they don't understand that when people are appreciative of it they kind of poo-poo like oh this is political correctness i'm not a feminist i'm not this but actually you really are because you do you don't know any
1: that you don't know why you are right you are.
3: exactly you know and those are the kind of i just want them to it wasn't that long ago all
1: right so those are all the new releases that are out on video and on demand and in theaters uh, but now we want to ask our guests, Keith and Mary Beth, what are the recent-ish movies that you've seen that you would re- recommend to anyone?
3: Well, it ended yesterday for us, but I would absolutely, the um, Broken Hearts Gallery, I would, and I think it, it is cute. going. It's it's a feel-good movie. And, and you kind don't of...
1: even recognize that that that's the kid from uh, Stranger Things. I know. Because he's, he's got a sh- clean face.
3: Yeah. Exactly. And that
0: girl is good. I think she's going to be huge. I thought she's, she was outstanding. She
1: was in uh, Blockers.
0: Geraldine. Uh, I didn't realize it. Yeah. yeah.
1: She's the she's the girl that really wants to have sex in Blockers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think she's got an unusual quality about her as a romantic heroine because she's more of an every woman than like a Katherine Heigl or, or Kate Hudson back in the day. I think she's more relatable.
3: Yeah, I. that's
2: I, I there's agreed. a magnetism to her that is on the screen, and I mean, it really it, it showed.
0: Yeah,
3: and I thought their chemistry was real. I mean, you felt it. Yes. Yeah, and
0: and, and it just was a really delightful
2: uh, experience. I thought it was the right movie at the right time, too. I thought, <laughs> you know, coming out of all the movie theaters reopening, I felt better about showing that one than I did Unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> we just hated onion. Just We were just like God make it stop
3: oh. You know And As far as Anyone's coming out We're looking forward To Seoul um, We were looking forward To showing Greenland Just because we thought That might mm-hmm. have some Appeal But I don't know What's going to happen With that right now uh, uh,
1: Geraldine's full name By the way Is Gerald uh, We want to get this right This One-a-thon And That That I, I'm probably saying it wrong. Say, see, see, how would you say that? Viswanathon.
0: Viswanathon.
3: Yeah, okay. I think that's
1: pretty. Okay. So you're looking forward to so and Soul, and allegedly, Pixar's releasing that Thanksgiving weekend.
3: That's what we still hear.
1: And the the last time Disney, rele- uh, Pixar released two movies in a year was when they released Good Dinosaur in the Spring and Inside Out in the fall, and Inside Out was great, and Good Dinosaur was horrible. And so Onward was horrible. Hopefully Soul will be great. And I, because I, of, t- of, of the two Pixar movies that they told us they released, I was more interested in Soul than Onward, and once we saw Onward, it was not good.
0: I really enjoy the Pixar movies so much, and they make me cry, and Soul looks like it's gonna make me cry.
1: That's oh, another movie about death. I know. But then again, Onward was about death. They're all about death, aren't they? All the Pixar movies are about Inside death. Out. Let's yeah. see. In, no in, no one dies in Inside Out. Well, I guess. No,
0: but it's about change. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, and Bing Toy Bong, Story. Bing Bong
1: dies four. in death and uh, Inside all Out. Inside. See, Toy Story, there's no dad. Let's see. Uh,
0: oh, speaking of Toy Story, uh, Evil Knievel is
1: suing. For Duke Kaboom. Pixar, because Duke Keanu Reeves as Duke Kaboom was too close to the evil Knievel character, even though he's. They even said he's the Canadian evil Knievel, Duke Kaboom.
2: You know, Bill. He needs money, I guess. Bill and Ted is gonna. The
0: third one's gonna be released with the other two, uh, for a package, a DVD
3: package. Did you get up? Because no theaters in the St. Louis show. We showed, we showed it. You did? You did. And, uh, yeah, we showed Bill and Ted. Uh, Lynn? Of the music. Lynn,
1: why didn't you
3: I make about this that one happen? Too. Well, I'm sorry. I I get their
0: newsletter, but it's in my promotions folder, so I might not have been aware that they opened.
2: Because yeah, we, was, we would was have plugged what, yeah, it. Yeah, we, we, that was right when we opened. And uh, so, so Bill and
3: Ted, what was the other one? Because we were looking. I did Bill show. Bill No, but there was a third one. That they thought was gonna, and Bill and Ted did the. We, it was our number one. I mean, that's not, not saying a lot. Yeah, but, it is. <laughs> but yeah, but it was our number one. It's still one. number one. I would have come over. Yeah. yeah,
0: because I didn't want to pay twenty dollars on video on demand for it. That's a good. That's
2: a cute movie. Yeah, it was,
3: yeah. and especially if you saw the other ones. Well,
1: okay, um, I, I, and I know that George Carlin is in the movie, and they played. They played uh, back on uh, on Sternology. They had. A 1989 interview with Howard Stern and George Carlin, and they just went on and on. And they, because he had just done, uh, he had just done uh, Bill and Ted, the first one, uh, Excellent Adventure. And so, and Howard's like, "Oh, you were so good in that movie." He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm trying to get into a little more acting." And then he's in the second one, and I hear that they, uh, they, he's in the third one too, via old films. But it's it's Rufus's daughter that's doing all of that. Uh, Bill and Ted stuff this time. So it got pretty Kristen good.
3: It got pretty good reviews. It was a fun movie and then we also st- opened with New Mutants was the other Ah sorry. That mm. that's yeah, yeah that's well, one of the I, never, I
1: haven't seen it. That was the thirteenth of the uh, X Men movies and the last of the X Men movies. Well,
3: that it might g- be right. Good, good reason. <laughs> Well, well, their thing at um
0: Dick Johnson is on Netflix. I think we forgot to yes, say no, that. Yes, no, I said that okay. at the
3: beginning. So, um, we we
1: want to say what is the website for the Edge?
3: Edge5theaters.com.
1: Edge5theaters.com.
0: And you can sign up for their newsletter. And you can get it. And if you're spooked about going to theaters, you have uh, excellent uh, protocol in place cuz they are Illinois.
3: Yep, we are cinema safe hashtag uh, safe cinema or cinema safe okay we also have uh, dynamic buffered seating so you go on you pick your seats and the reserves uh seating it actually sets off the other two seats on either side of you so you wow. don't have anybody sitting next to you
2: well the nice thing too in our bistros the chairs are eight feet apart anyway in right. the uh, from the aisles because we have the big recliners and then we have space for our wait staff to be able to go behind the chairs so they don't interfere in the movie so there's plenty of distancing which is real nice and the one thing about movies too that i think is important to note which is people are facing straight ahead they have a mask on they're not talking. Hopefully, so, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it's definitely a safe environment. You know, it's a, it's one of the safer environments if you're.
1: Now you're still having concessions though, because you need popcorn at the films, oh, right? Yeah.
3: We absolutely are. But even then, you're still eating, and you're not at a table. We're right. You're not facing other. anyone Here, You're facing somebody's head.
1: Right. So you're gonna
0: have special Halloween programming. Yes. Besides yep. Hocus Pocus.
3: Hocus Pocus. Um, we're actually making that decision today, kind of what other movies, and I'll be happy. You
1: need it. a slasher. You need a, at least I think one. So we do too. Or, or something like Scary Movie or well, Scream. There's, there's a new
3: movie coming out. I think it's called Death of Me. Yes. Um, I don't know much about it yet. Um, that we may be starting that next week. It's
1: is that is that the one with uh, the serial killer swap spot? Is that with Vince Vaughn? Because that's a Blumhouse production. Except I don't know that that might be streaming. I can't. Is you don't the craft know a legacy coming? That's. I think that's Netflix also. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the
3: problem. So they give us this stuff, and then all of a sudden we find out it's going I'm on Netflix right. right to streaming.
0: Well, I talked to uh, Netflix about the trial of the Chicago Seven because that is oh, be is starting on Netflix October sixteenth, but they're thinking about opening it in theaters. October ninth. So uh, I, we need
1: to talk to our friends at Amazon Prime so we can see Borat, the second film, or whatever whatever the heck the second Borat film is going to be called, um, because that looks like it's going to be absolutely hilarious.
0: It's something about the sequel. I I saw the title last night and I was gonna write that down. So TV is got uh, we've got uh, Saturday Night Live starting on. Saturday with Carl you learned some new things that it's not really live. It's not
1: really live. Uh, normally they do they do it live at 11:30 Eastern, but they're starting according to the website where they had the tickets, they're going to be starting at 9:15, but maybe that's just the what time you have to be there, but I don't think they're doing it live. I think they're doing it there's going to be some delay cuz they want to make sure they have all the safety protocols there. Hmm. Which I would, I would understand. Uh, the second film of Borat is going to be called Borat subsequent movie film, and that's going to be on Amazon Prime on October twenty third, my birthday. So hooray! <laughs> Showtime has uh,
0: the mini series with Ethan Hawke. Starting Sunday. And uh, it's called you're, you're, The Good Lord Bird and David Diggs plays Frederick Douglass.
1: And you are going you are very excited about the Showtime Belushi documentary that they're doing.
0: Yes, I actually uh watched uh, part of it. Um as uh, it, it opens November twenty
1: second. And then Showtime also is having a comedy store documentary with featuring all the people that have ever been to the comedy store. Like David Letterman gives an interview about his first time being at the comedy store. Is that Mitzi Shore's place? Yeah,
0: it's Mitzi Shore's place. So Paulie's mom. Mom, it's legendary. Jay Leno started there. David everybody. Letterman. Everybody. I mean, it's just it's just going to be huge. So it's going to be a docu series. HBO has a new documentary starting Tuesday night, which is weird. They always preview these docs on Tuesdays.
1: Because well, they, they used to be Mondays, but now Monday is their new Sunday.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. It is uh, Semper Luis, Luis, and it is about Luis Miranda, who is the dad of Lynn manuel Miranda we, yeah, and uh, but he was a political, it's his immigrant story how he worked for Mayor Koch in New York. He also worked on the campaigns of Chuck Schumer and Hillary Clinton, so he's had a life in politics. So he's,
1: he's a New York Democrat, <laughs> yeah,
0: and and it, and it shows it so it was at Sundance, like Carl says, all these Sundance movies are well, yeah, coming up now. Well, yeah,
1: Dick, uh, Dick, um. Uh, Johnson Johnson is Dead. That was at Sundance.
0: Right. And so this is, so this starts about, I didn't know it was about Luis Miranda when I saw the title because it's like, well, what is this about? And then, so it looks really pretty good. So anyway, there's a lot, the TV's got a lot going on, but to get out to the movies, grab some friends and enjoy Hocus Pocus
1: because it'll take you away. And they're making a sequel.
0: And we need to be taken away sometimes from real life.
1: So agree. All right, and so uh, Lynn wanted to mention, you know, more passings. Uh, Mac Davis, baby, don't get hooked on me, and Helen Reddy. I am woman. That was a that was an ERA anthem. They both passed away this yes, week.
0: Yes, I know. Like a day apart. Yeah. Mac Davis was very good in North, North Dallas, Dallas Forty. 40. Oh, yeah. I had oh. no idea he could act. <laughs> yeah, that was great. But he was always he was always on the variety shows when I was a kid. You know Glenn Campbell and Sonny and Cher and all that, and he just looked like he was having the best time. He's very personable
1: because he was a he was a songwriter, and then he's they said, why don't you do your own songs? And so, baby, baby, don't get hooked on me. He wrote "In the Ghetto" for Elvis Presley, and I think I want to say "Suspicious Minds" too. Maybe, hmm. not sure, but I, I for know. "In the Ghetto" for sure.
0: So we have been talking about a couple biopics. I do want to mention. Cinema St. Louis, the St. Louis International Film Festival is going to be virtual, and it is going to be um, November 5th through the 22nd. They're having like 300 movies (laughs) available, but it's all going to be online. However, they are closing Slip with Zappa, which is directed by Alex Winter of St. Louis. Who won the award last year. Who is Bill of Bill and Ted. Uh-huh.
1: It all is incestuous. So Daniel
0: Durcholtz of the Post-Dispatch or Riverfront Times or whatever, he's a great music writer. He's a good guy, he, too. He's going to do the Q&A with Alex. So that'll be really neat. So it's going to close. So the Frank Zappa movie is going to be on show, is it Showtime. It's going to be one of those movies that's going to be on one of the paid premium. Premium channel channels but that'll
3: be cool yeah that's really
0: and he was uh i interviewed him in 2016 when he was getting an award from Sliff. and he comes back to st louis quite a bit because he's from here he's from here and his brother still lives here steve winter and he's a musician apparently but
1: that's edgar winter and johnny winter i know but no 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 no, uh, max max actually
0: on ktrs they had him on the other day. John Carney interviewed him, yeah, and he talked about his brother Steve being. I know. Louis I, I was musician. teasing. That oh, Again,
1: okay. Edgar and Johnny Winter. Oh, yeah, Winter. are Famous. So musicians.
0: anyway, when I interviewed him in 2016, he was starting to work on the Zappa movie, and said he had permission from the Zappa family.
1: Dweezil and Moon Unit. Yeah. So the kids to use the songs probably. And
0: and I met. Don't forget I met.
1: And then and i'm guessing there's going to be some pmrc stuff in the movie oh i'm sure
0: so that'll be that'll be really 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 good
1: and i hope they actually do the story of uh, smoke on the water because frank zappa and the mothers were playing there and they burned the place down because of the fireworks that is a very famous Rock and roll story.
0: I saw him in concert in college. You and he did? Was, yeah. Wow. Lucky. He was, very late. he was very laid back, though. He was. Was his, he? Yeah. He wasn't with the Mothers of Invention. He what? was by himself. I don't know what was going on, but I was really.
1: But see, he doesn't have any. Like, did he do Joe's Garage? Did he do Yellow Snow? You don't remember? He did. He did. Shake your snow. booty. He did do Yellow Snow. Mm-hmm. Watch out where the huskies go, don't
0: you? So. But, yeah, but I expected more outrageousness, and it wasn't there, and I was really shocked. And people were like,
1: "He did a song about eating piss." So I yeah, know, but that, you know, that's what outrageous. I'm saying.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I yeah, yes, I do. But I like I like that they're going to have the the uh, the fan because he was quite the family man. Yeah. So that that's a very interesting aspect to him, but he was one of the early, iconic. What did he, that were uh, iconoclasts.
1: Iconoclast.
0: Yeah. And he was one of those that spoke up, didn't feel compelled to be politically correct. Correct. Which is a good thing. Chic your booty. Speaking of politically correct, um, the St. Louis International Film Festival is going to open with the Dave Chappelle short 846.
1: And that was released last night with Cliff.
0: Yes, on KTRS with Ray Hartman, and also... Oh, and you
1: got mentioned by Ray Hartman on Donnybrook last night. He mentioned you by name.
0: Well, that's cool. I really appreciate that. So, um, he uh, anyway, Dave Chappelle is going to be uh, the filmmakers who did American Factory.
1: Uh, uh, so that's the...
0: The Obama, Obama, Obama higher ground. Those directors are going to be there, and they're going to ha- be available for a Q&A.
1: But virtually. Right. Because everything's virtual. Right.
0: No, it's not like when Joe Williams interviewed Oliver Stone on November 22nd, that one year, because that was, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was like, Oliver Stone's at the St. Louis International Film Festival. No, none of that.
1: No, it's nothing like that. All right, we need to wrap it up. Lynn, where can we find you socially?
0: Socially, I'm on all the socials, and I'm on Webster with Times uh, online. And now we're in print again.
1: Yes, that's why that's yes. why Ray Hartman mentioned you yesterday.
0: And uh, I have my own website, poplifestl.com, which is a work in progress. And I am here all the time with you, Carl, every yeah. week, yay. And then uh, KTRS every Thursday around 10.30 p.m. with Ray
1: Hartman. You can find me on the socials at underscore Carl the Intern on Instagram and Twitter. Keith, Mary, where can we find you on socials, or can we?
3: Facebook, uh, Instagram, it'd be 618edge for both Twitter and Instagram. And then our, our Facebook page is The Edge.
1: The Edge. And Belleville. Belleville, it's right off of Highway 15. It, exactly. It's, it's easy to find. And there's a giant, you know, you're driving down 15, you're going east. It's on your left. It's There's a big sign. It says right there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like and, right in downtown Belleville. And
0: Belleville's not that far.
1: No, it's not. I've been there many times, and uh, I have enjoyed your place. Thank you. Now, now thank I you. know to find you. Exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah. We appreciate it.
1: And now, yeah, if you don't want to go to the big multiplex, you can go to the small multiplex. And it might it might be safer over there. <laughs> I'm saying it is. All right. Thank you for being our guest today. Thank, thank you, you so
3: much nice for us. having us. We appreciate it.
0: Thanks. It was. It we really. Yeah. We really enjoyed
1: it. So,
0: Carl. I guess time to wrap that up and go into uh, next week.
1: I mean, we're going to be in Nothing. October. Where's this year going? No, well, and also, I don't even. Oh, yeah. I know what's coming out next week. <laughs> Doorman is coming out next week. And The War with Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, that, that's De Niro. Yeah, that's.
3: You guys are going to have that? looks like yes i'm sorry (laughs) well i'm gonna
1: i'm gonna watch it tonight and uh we'll talk about it next week and we'll say that you guys have it all right exactly thank
0: you thank you bye bye bye